Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this week we're talking A Quiet Place Part 2, as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And this week, we're talking A Quiet Place Part 2, which could almost be our ticket to realise our desire for ASMR. (laughs) A Quiet Place Part 2 picks up exactly where the original left off. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to do the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, Let me start again. A Quiet Place Part 2 picks up exactly where the original left off with the Abbott family fighting to survive after alien creatures that hunt by sound have decimated the human race. This time they head out into the world on a mission to help others and realise these monsters aren't the only dangers lurking beyond the sand path. This movie is written and directed again by John Krasinski, who did the first one, obviously, and it stars his wife, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, and John Krasinski again. I was quite surprised to see him on the cast list. Surprised, but really satisfied that he does make an appearance yeah. in this sequel, which is great to see. And also, sorry, we've just been talking about this off offline, that we've both been living our lives pronouncing it Cillian Murphy, yeah. not Killian Murphy. <laughs> Sorry, so, Killian. I was today years old when I found out it's Killian. So A Quiet Place 2 picks up exactly where the first one left off. And I'm spoiler alert here if you haven't seen the first one. I'm sorry, but we can't avoid it. It picks up where they've realised how to weaken these creatures. Mm, yeah, definitely. And so therein lies that perfect mm. cliffhanger to end a film where you only just so want to find out what happens next. Yep. And that's what this film delivers. It was a bloody great start to the film, mm. I have to say. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. In the first film, we didn't need to see how the aliens came to Earth and how you know the human race was decimated. I mm. think it was completely fine that we didn't get to see that. Yep. And it was great in the second film to go back 
and see how it happened. Yeah, definitely. It just plays into that whole purpose of what a sequel is there to do, which is build on an established world and reveal more, lift the curtain and put these characters in unique new situations that we haven't seen them in before. And I loved the opening. It was so powerful. So tense. Yes, very, very tense. Now there's a larger landscape to this film and it opens up the world beyond this one family's fight Mm. for survival, which Mm. is really great. I think that builds on the original film. Yeah, definitely. I think it really successfully builds on the first film, Mm. just to back you up there. I enjoyed the wider world building, as I mentioned before, and how isolated they were, Mm -hmm. yet they were so close to others and the importance of being self-sufficient, of staying inside, safe, any controlled environments can't last forever and that's what this film explores. In this film they are, you know, now out in the elements and there's so much uncertainty, a lot of unknowns and that adds to a lot of the drama and tension and the conflict that follows. Do you know what I love about these movies though is that it's a contained story. Like mm-hmm. each one is a contained story yeah. and you almost don't need to have seen one without the other. Like you could come into A Quiet Place Part 2 mm. And it's a fully self-contained film. Well, John Krasinski didn't intend on ever making a sequel. Mm. So even though it kind of set it up for a sequel, it did remain as a self-contained film that kind of left it open to interpretation and maybe like plan out what you think the characters would do. And I Mm. agree, this film, although follows a story is very self-contained, self-sufficient and incredibly effective mm. in what it's what it's trying to say. I was curious to see what you thought about this film because when we came mm. out of it, you weren't maybe as excited as I was. Is that no. the case? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I We saw it a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and I've just let it sizzle in me a little bit. I, I've, I've thought about it a lot and what I really, really appreciated. Yes, there are a few things that don't sit well with me, which we'll discuss, but I think all in all, I really, really enjoyed it. Would you say one of the things that don't work well is, well, let's, you know, call out the elephant in the room. Sure. We wouldn't have a movie if people didn't make stupid decisions. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think Mm -hmm. most of the time in this film, it's the children. Yes. That you just want to scream, don't do that. What are you doing? Yeah. But I think that's in keeping with their characters. Yeah. They... Some of the decisions that they made didn't make a lot of sense. They were, you could maybe put it under the category of dumb. However, the biggest point that you've made just now is that they're children. Yeah. And so, heck, I'm 33 years old. Not that I make dumb decisions that cause people to die, <laughs> like in, in this film. Um, but, you know, I make dumb choices. These are kids, you know, they're allowed to to trip up. And I think that that is, you know, realised really well. And it's a trope of this sort of genre, you know, things have to go wrong decisions have to be made that don't make sense to maybe you because it then follows some sort of drama or conflict as a result. Now, when we saw this film, we also got a live Q&A with John Mm. Krasinski afterwards, which was fascinating to listen to and see that insight that he had for the film. Mm. He said the first movie is about the promise to your kids and the second movie is about the fact that you'll inevitably have to break that promise. Parents can't keep their promises. You know, you can't always be there for your kids. Mm. And I love that this film was almost passing the torch to the children. Yes. It was more about the children. Mm. And Millicent Simmons, as the daughter, just stepped up, didn't she? Yeah. I can't fault the performances. Not only did you have the incredible Emily Blunt, but talking about the kids. uh, You're so right. Like, they carried the film and it was their time to shine. Yeah. And you couldn't have had two better actors behind the kids to to do that. In terms of a character, the daughter is noble. 
if a little reckless. Oh, yeah, very reckless, especially I mean, in this one. All good heroes are. That's a trope. Oh. Heroism, isn't it? I like that you call her a hero. She is, isn't yeah, she? No, she is. She yeah. absolutely is. I just hadn't thought of her in that way, mm. but now you said it. But it's a typical movie trope that heroes are always making reckless decisions yeah. for the greater good. For the greater good, yes. It, she never made a selfish decision. Mm. She wasn't only thinking of herself and her family, but others, because she knew how to fight these monsters mm. through her experiences being uh, deaf and with uh, mm. with a hearing aid and a certain frequency of sound they couldn't handle the monsters couldn't handle mm. just to just to clarify in terms of like the characters themselves mm. they're a really great team aren't they as a family yeah great casting great casting but they have to be but they're also incredibly flawed as well like any family yeah especially under these circumstances heck but it is how they overcome that and still support each other within the most dangerous and uncertain circumstances mm. which is really really spectacular in this movie especially i love following the character development here there was some really great big leaps and bounds especially with the kids uh, as you mentioned before, mm. over the course of the film, it was strong, sustained, and I think it really worked. Well, speaking of the family, one thing that John Krasinski said in the live Q&A that we saw mm. was that he wrote a family drama and Trojan horsed it into a genre film. And I just yes. think that is mind-blowingly clever. When he said that, I saw you frantically write that down. They go, <laughs> I don't have to worry, Lee's got that covered <laughs> when we record. But it's... Such a clever way to approach a film yep. like this. Yeah, and it makes it very clear. Okay, what we're all it's sometimes it's a bit of a mystery, the process of filmmakers mm. and screenwriters, but he so succinctly explained this was the movie I set out to make. Trojan horse does this. Mm. And then you're like, oh my God, it makes sense. How true that is. What a great little insight. He's not trying to hit you over the head with the jump scares. No. Which I think make them more effective. It's so subtle and the way that the tension builds throughout yeah. the film. Builds and I builds. Mean, People were laughing at this mug sitting on the edge of a table and a foot coming very slowly Uh, towards it. It's just so damn effective. So damn effective. Do you recall that time that if I was holding my popcorn or a drink, if I wasn't, (laughs) but if I was, I would have dressed everyone around me. There was a moment where I literally lost all bodily functions. I was terrified. (laughs) All bodily All bodily functions, yeah. Remind me to leave a seat between us next time we see a movie like that. (laughs) Okay. Can you indulge me for a moment? Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to go back in um, the challenges that this film may have had in terms of building from the original. Okay. uh, And the techniques that Mm -hmm. they no longer could really lean on from the first film. So the techniques used in Jaws... I think were put to good use in the first film. What I mean by that is not revealing the monster right away mm-hmm. and building the anticipation and the tension, which is what Steven Spielberg kind of like, even though he had a malfunctioning shark, <laughs> uh, we were meant to see the shark mm. way at the beginning, but then there were issues. And anyway, it literally influenced cinema forever in mm. how the, he, he built that tension around the shark. But you can't pull that off in the second film because no. you have already revealed the monsters, yep. right? So you are left with no choice but to feature the monsters more and in different ways. And I think we've touched on the opening scene, achieved that particularly well. And the way they achieve that is in the design of the monster. Yes. Because they move so fast and so yes. quickly and so deadly. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they don't need to have close-ups of their faces or their design and they just jump into the scene Grab someone and they're out of the scene again. Yeah, and yeah. Fuck, it's scary. That is, is, oh, God. Again, chills. God, this podcast elicits so <laughs> many chills. So as, as necessary um, as this is, it does impact the tension of the film 
as it's no longer about what you can't see Mm -hmm. or choose to reveal strategically to the audience. So it is a new kind of challenge I think John Krasinski and the team had to make them terrifying in a different way and hold that terror and tension and build on the physicality and presence in a new kind of context. And as we've just discussed, like they're Mm. fucking terrifying and uh, these creatures and they Mm. achieve that, no doubt about it. Another way they do it is through the use of sound, which is so important in this film. More to the point, it shows how effective no sound can be. Mm. And the technique is used to great effect in these films. So well. And you know, you can overuse a technique like that. Mm. There are so many overindulgent filmmakers more recently. We're not going to talk about this film. <laughs> no. Although I'm going to drop in the, the title, yeah. Army of the Dead. And what's his name? Zack Snyder. Mm. You know, you can get too caught up in like what works. Mm. But if you overuse it. It's not going to be effective and I think they've got the balance here, right? Mm, Yeah, Mm. definitely. Another technique used in the film is that there's a great symmetry between the characters' journeys and it's not a spoiler to say that Mm. some of the characters go on different journeys in this film so they're not all in the same place at the same time. Very common for a sequel to split narratives. Yeah, and one filmmaking technique is that it jumps between the two narratives in very similar ways. Ways. Yes. I love that film technique. Yeah. And I think they fucking nailed it here. And you know how they do that? They do that through a combination of many things. Good writing, tick. Great direction, tick. Mm. Clear character motivations and development, tick. Cinematography, production design, the Mm. soundscape. Like that's how those moments were so effective and why we're talking about them right now and calling them out as a massive success in this film. Yeah, it all comes together really well to Mm. make a really cohesive and entertaining film in this case. And that's no mean feat, especially for a writer-director like John Krasinski Mm. who this is his first film. Well, this is his second film now, but this was his first foray into directing. That's right. He never directed before. No. Shit. And there are not many filmmakers that can pull that off with Mm. such great effect. Look, he's clearly inspired by cinema mm-hmm. but he uses it so well like leaning into the steven spielberg's technique with jaws as i've mentioned and and all the other things like yeah he's a very skilled new creative and i i'm really excited to see what he pumps out next maybe Definitely. part three who knows <laughs> and it's interesting that he seems like such an unlikely horror aficionado yeah because he's so good at comedy well remember he said he was writing a family drama yeah trojan horse as a uh, as a horror thriller And that's what makes it work so well, I think. You know, horror people take note. Definitely. You think that the horror genre has been around for decades Mm -hmm. and it's very hit and miss, this genre. Very hit and miss. And the fact that he has managed to pull off two hits Mm. within that same genre, within that same story and character and find new life and keep it as alive and sustained as he has is really, really impressive. So we mentioned Emily Blunt before, who needs no introduction. She's Mm. absolutely fantastic. And is it because she's working with her husband and she's so comfortable with him, or is it in spite of that, that this movie is so fantastic, do you think? Interesting. Well, in the Q&A, John says that she is the perfect collaborator, the perfect sort of actor-director relationship. And I guess that means they have a really strong marriage, but also a creative relationship. Mm. I don't know. I just think she's really, really talented. Yeah. I just think she's great. I don't I don't think it really matters who was directing it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with you there. And we talked about the kids as well. Mm. Millicent Simmons and Noah Dupe. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. I think what's really impressive about them as young actors and then bring Emily back into this kind of mm. statement is that they established some really strong character traits in the first one. Yeah. So they set themselves up for their own success in the sequel. Mm. And 
combined with great writing and direction, they were able to like take you to these new heights in terms of where their character was going and what their performance delivered. Mm. I actually think Emily was better in this one than the first. Yeah. Because she had to carry more. Yeah. Oh, God. She writes terror on her face like no one else, doesn't she? <laughs> yep. Wow. You can see and feel a lot. And not a lot it. of dialogue because you can't talk very much. Yes. That is so true. So the camera is even more important and their performances are even more important when yeah. they don't open their mouths because they have to tell so much without words. And obviously Killian Murphy has mm. been added into the cast. Yep. Can't give away too much about his character, but mm. he's fantastic too. He's I mean, really yeah, he's really fantastic and he, he adds another layer to this story because they've been so isolated, this family for so long, they've got no choice but to mm. leave their safe haven. And he's a really interesting character that they've encountered because his experience is very different. Yeah. He's lost everyone. He's lost everyone. His isolation is is Oh, more significant, I suppose. Mm. And then when you introduce like a whole family who need help, they need to be saved. He has that moral choice to yeah. make, you know, and that's a really interesting uh, process to follow in him and his relationship with everyone in the film. All right, Lee. So do you think it's time to wrap up and rate A Quiet Place Park 2? I think it is, Tim. As the tagline reads, silence is not enough and neither are run-of-the-mill follow-up films in this cutthroat sequel-saturated world. Rest assured, though, A Quiet Place Part 2 delivers more than enough thrills and brilliance. The performances, direction, world-building and tone all add up to make the perfect formula. This film is absolutely worth seeing and celebrating for all it achieves and it is made for the cinema. Yep. I'm sure he can agree. Definitely. Uh, so I'm going to rate A Quiet Place Part 2 for Popcorn Kernels. Well said, Tim. John Krasinski is fast proving himself to be a talented filmmaker with an approach that resonates with audience. I would say this sequel is equal to, if not better, than the mm. first, and there are not many filmmakers who can pull that off, especially with their first feature films. And I think this works so well because he is the writer and director and he has that creative control. And that doesn't always work, especially when ego becomes involved, mm. as we've seen with some other filmmakers. <laughs> A Quiet Place Part 2 opens up this terrifying world and builds on it all while keeping the themes of family and humanity front and centre and employing sound and tension in a way that makes for a super effective thriller. It's an expert sequel and a fantastic achievement for all involved. I'm giving it four popcorn kernels as well. Wow, we are on the same page. Yeah. Guys, definitely check out A Quiet Place Part 2, which is in cinemas from May 27. Now, Lee, before we jump into news, we are running another giveaway. Popcorn Podcast has five double passes to see Lapsus in cinemas from June 3rd. The movie is a sci-fi thriller set in an alternate New York where a delivery man turns to quantum cabling, a strange new corner of the gig economy, to support his ailing brother and faces a choice to either help his fellow workers or to get rich and get out. To be in the chance of winning a double pass to see Lapsus just head to the Popcorn Podcast Instagram or Facebook page and tag your movie buddy in the comments of the giveaway post. Terms and conditions can be found at popcornpodcast.com. This is your last chance to enter, guys, so get amongst it. Okay, this week we got the first teaser trailer for Snake Eyes. We actually got a lot of trailers this week, which we'll touch on briefly. Snake Eyes stars Henry Golding as the silent ninja from the G.I. Joe comic series. I'm quite excited for this film, considering the um, 
reception of the last G.I. Joe films. Yes. I think Channing Tatum was Correct. in them. Correct, yeah. I think they were generally quite popular but didn't break box office records or anything. No, they were quite popular. It spun a sequel and then now this kind of um, mm. spin-off film. I remember seeing the first one in Singapore randomly. I was like mm. in transit flying back to Australia and the cinema was packed so that audience really liked it. The teaser was accompanied by a featurette introducing the character which you can find out on our YouTube channel. Snake Eyes is in Australian cinemas from July 22nd. There was also a trailer for Hotel Transylvania The sequel is called Transformania Mm. and through a wacky mishap sees all the monsters turning human and vice versa. This trailer looks fun. I do have a... These movies are fun in general. They are quite good. I've not seen any of them and all of a sudden we're announcing there's like a trailer for the fourth one. I've got some catching up to do. do. And also shout out to my boss, Jess. These are her favourite movies. So, oh, really? Yeah, she, she'll, she'll be excited. <laughs> now, what are people upset about, though, about this trailer? They're upset that the Invisible Man, voiced by David Spade, isn't hot. <laughs> Apparently, he was supposed to be sexy based on the fact he wears hot guy glasses, and I say this in air quotes, mm. but he's actually turned out to be a balding middle-aged man, and people are very disappointed. I find that just ridiculous and brilliant <laughs> at the same time, that that is the thing everyone's talking about. <laughs> And that they're mad at, like, Sony Pictures when you're the one that came up with this fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, it's actually hilarious. I mean, it's David Spade's voice. Yeah. That would make you feel a little bit uncomfortable if he was this dashing, handsome man. No no disrespect to David Spade, but he's no Brad Pitt, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Hotel Transylvania Transformania is in Australian cinemas from September 9. We finally got the first trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, Mm. a beautiful film. Do you want to tell us what this is about? Yeah, so this is the film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about Evan Hansen, a high school senior with social anxiety disorder and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. The movie stars Ben Platt, Julianne Moore, Caitlin Deaver, Amanda Stenberg, Danny Pino and Amy Adams. Quite a cast there and it's worth noting that Ben Platt performed the role on Broadway, didn't he? Yes, but he's like in his early 30s and he's playing like a 17-year-old. Yeah. Which is, well, Hollywood have done that for years and years across TV and film. It's nothing new. It's No, but in this case, I really kind of want to see Ben Platt in that role because mm. he is so famous yeah. for this role. Yeah. Now, did you feel that this trailer gave away too much? Yes, 100%. I'm glad you mentioned that. And mm. it's, it's bugbear that we keep talking about, about trailers revealing everything. Like, did we need to know that his classmate suicided? Oh, I feel like that's a key piece of the plot. But did we need to, that's what I mean, did we mm. need to know it in the trailer? Yeah, fair. I, I just think it just showed the journey too much. You kind of got too many snippets of what are clearly things that happen in the third yeah. act. So it does kind of doesn't leave much of a mystery behind the story. They're counting on people who love the musical to mm. go and see this. Yeah, but I haven't seen the musical. I have this rule that I don't listen to a musical soundtrack until I've seen it on stage oh. or seen the movie. Because I want that experience. And now I'll kind of watch this trailer. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like now I've know too much about this that I've tried (laughs) to avoid all these years. Because it's not a new musical. It's been out for quite a while on Broadway and such like. But um, this is going to yeah pull on those emotional heartstrings, no doubt. Now Amazon are in talks to buy MGM for up to $10 billion US. 
This is hot on the heels of the news that there are plans to merge Warner Media and Discovery to create a global mega brand. Now, this is all about the streaming wars, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah, streaming wars are well and truly in motion. Media just loves a merger, you know, an acquisition. We're like addicted to it. This Before you know it, Disney will take over all of them. Well, I mean, there's all these rumours at Disney. What, weren't they supposed to be buying Netflix or something like that? Like, yeah, at one point, really? like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a random rumour. But, uh, yeah, this is huge. I mean, MGM has titles like the James Bond series. So, you know, Mm. there's a a lot of incredibly lucrative IP within their back catalogue. Now, to celebrate her 75th birthday, Cher announced there is a Cher biopic in the works from the producers of Mamma Mia, Eric Roth, who wrote Ali and A Star Is Born and co-wrote the upcoming Dune feature. So they're no strangers telling life stories over a, a number of decades like Cher because she turns back to her. <laughs> oh, my God. So well done. Oh, that's, that's, Where did Tim go? Cher oh. is my new co-host. Just Jack 2000. Cher's life has so much gold to mine, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think there's too much? And so the biopic. No, but she's had a fantastic life. And yeah. I really want to see this film. Yeah, me too. Who would you cast? Ooh, Catherine Hahn. I just threw that out there. That would be fucking sick. Mm, she's fantastic. Her rise and rise continues. But I don't know. Is there someone else that could be sure? Could Could Angelina Jolie just purely for the hair and the <laughs> and the lips and the height? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't think she's right for the role. Uh, like you'd have to cast multiple women, though, wouldn't you? Or yeah, do you try and point. stick? Good I point. guess it depends what era of her life they're going to show because, like, she's been around. For about 500 years. So, like, no disrespect. No disrespect. Queen Cher. No, absolutely not. And she's reinvented herself multiple times. Mm. So, I don't think you can achieve it with one one actress. Her story is definitely uh, not over. That's a very good point, Tim. Mm. Now, in a little bit sadder news, Mm. everybody's talking about Jamie will forego a cinema release and it's going to land on Amazon Prime worldwide on September 17. I'm so glad we have a release date, but it's so sad that this film is not being seen on the cinema. Yeah, I saw this in London on the West End and was deeply moved and impressed by this Mm. story and, and the stage production and the trailer looks so much fun. It's just that perfect project mm. to see in the cinema. So although yes, I'm glad we have a release date. It's it's kind of come out but just not where we where we want it. It feels like a disservice as well. I mean, no disrespect to the streaming services no. because they have a lot of good quality content releasing mm. on Amazon Prime and Netflix and even Disney Plus now. Yeah. But it seems like a disservice to relegate this film to a streaming service. I agree. It's just another casualty of, of this global pandemic. It's akin to sweeping it under the rug to me. And yeah. I'm disappointed. Mm. Yeah, me too. I'm with you, girl. So the movie is an adaptation of a hit West End musical, which I mentioned before, about Jamie New, who dreams of living life on the stage as a fierce and proud drag queen. So just hang 10 Till September 17th, where you catch mm. on Amazon Prime. F9 has opened in China with $59 million US. Mm. That opened on May 21st. That's yeah, that, Friday. Yeah. With projections that its opening weekend in that territory could top $150 million. I mean, that was expected. Yes. Yeah. Cinema's back, baby. Mm-hmm. So this is awesome. That is a huge opening, as expected, but it's just great to, to read that headline. And we're getting it in like June or something, so we have a little while to wait. So it's coming out quite early in China compared to the rest of the world. One piece of news coming late 
to the agenda mm-hmm. is that Henry Cavill is in talks to star in a remake of the Highlander film which is being created by the creators of John Wick, which sounds exciting. I am a huge fan of the Highlander movies. Mm -hmm. Christopher Lambert starred in the original films back in the 80s. They don't stand the test of time very well, (laughs) let's be honest, but I still love them. They hold a very special place in my heart, especially with the soundtrack, the Queen soundtrack that goes Mm. along with it. Check that out if you haven't because it's fantastic. I am quite excited to see Henry Cavill step into this role. He seems like the perfect piece of casting yeah i mean when you look at a character like the witcher Mm. you know he can do it yes i also wonder whether there might have been a scottish actor because the character is scottish whether there might have been a scottish actor that was better suited to it do you reckon henry cavill can do a scottish accent oh dear lord i didn't even consider that yeah watch out i'm sure he's got the chops but that's challenging the scottish accent oh yeah ain't easy i am scottish and i i'm a bit hit and miss with it as well Don't make me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, go on. Well, that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast. On that note, we covered A Quiet Place Part 2, which is in cinemas from May 27, and we highly recommend that you go and see it. Absolutely. Take your friends. And a quiet movie snack. (laughs) Yes, no popcorn. Uh, Eat at your own peril. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.